Welcome to the Digital Marketing Happy Hour, a podcast about marketing, technology, and life. This is episode number five, and it starts right now. Digital Marketing Happy Hour is brought to you by Axum, your resource for marketing and technology. For more information, go to araxum.com. That's A-R-A-X-A-M.com. So naturally, this is a happy hour, and what happy hour is complete without a few beverages? Ryan, what are you drinking today? You know, this happy hour, I am one a little something refreshing. It's clearly in the South. Summertime is already here, even though yeah, the calendar says it's spring. Something refreshing I like is a uh, Prosecco, nothing too fancy, something that you can get at any local, even grocery store, a La Marca. So that is uh, a little bit of bubbles is what I'm uh, doing during this happy hour. What are you drinking? So you are not wrong. It's uh, supposed to be spring, but in Florida, summer always starts a few months early. Because it's a warm one out there, I decided to go with a Kugel Summer Shandy. It's just a light, crisp, refreshing beer. Actually, I like that. It is a good summertime beer. We have our beverages in hand, so let's get started. He's Chris Casale, and I'm Ryan Smith. Thank you for joining us for this week on the Digital Marketing Happy Hour. Marketing is a passion of ours, and we hope during these episodes you're going to enjoy it with us. Our goal is to help your businesses achieve results so you can reach your goals. This episode, we're talking about digital transformation and more specifically how many businesses had to make the sudden transition into the digital transformation brought on by COVID-19. We're planning on tackling this from the vantage point of the three-legged stool of management, looking at people, processes, and tools and technology. So the types of questions we'll be trying to answer today are what type of people do you need and how do you manage and lead them through a digital transformation? What tools and technologies should you be adopting throughout this process? And of course, what business processes need to be created or perhaps adapted to ensure a successful transition? Yeah, we felt this topic was really relevant just based on this coronavirus global pandemic. It has really shifted how well, businesses are, are conducting businesses, how from B2C to B2B, it really just has changed everything. So with that digital transformation, we've had to adjust on the fly, whether it is schools having to do distance learning, digital transformation, just personally something that I have seen through my kids' schools and actually seen them struggle early on where not used to having distance learning. Now, maybe when you're talking about colleges and universities who are more well-established with distance learning, seeing, for example, a kindergarten class uh, conduct Zoom meetings, I thought was just really interesting to see, again, that digital transformation from in the classroom at even a kindergarten level to having a Zoom meeting, watching you know how kindergartners learn through that was just really interesting, but not just classes. Obviously, we're seeing companies face these very similar challenges at a time to discover really new opportunities and better ways of working. Also, going through that in the world of marketing, it's how to create content through this digital marketing transformation. So there's a lot of things that we've seen. Now, obviously, content is kind of a generic and, and vague term. In this area, we're talking about creating content and through, for example, how B2C businesses 
who have retail shops, places that are brick and mortar that you have to go into, how has that changed that they are closed? There are examples of gyms, for, for instance, when they were closed, how did they conform to this new standard, this digital transformation? We've seen gyms conduct you know, Zoom fitness classes. So again, these are instructors that are at home and going through their workouts. Now they might've had to adjust, you know, people don't have weights, for example, they've been able to adjust and change so that you can still get good workouts uh, from home with maybe not having the same facilities. Now, if it's a yoga, for example, obviously that is a little bit more easier to do than maybe a weightlifting class. So we've seen that. We've seen restaurants. Obviously, they have had to switch to taking maybe more online orders and making deliveries where in the past, maybe you picked up the phone and you made a, a, a online call. Now they've created uh, more online deliveries through apps. Again, not everybody had the technology to do it all through online ordering, but a lot of these small businesses that have had to adjust and transform digitally on the fly. So those are a few examples of ways that some businesses, and I'm sure there's a million others that have gone through, but uh, that's why we felt this topic was really relevant during this time. So that being the case, let's talk about the first leg of management, which is people. And we thought this would be the most important place to start because really your people are the ones that drive everything. So if if you can't get your people on board successfully with the digital transformation, nothing you implement in the way of tools and technology or changes to your business processes is going to be able to fix that. COVID-19 has thrown everything into flux. A lot of people had to work from home. And previously, if you talk to individuals, it's something that they dreamed about, right? Oh, I'd love to work from home, eliminate the commute time, uh, work in my pajamas, uh, you know, set my own hours. Uh, you hear about all of the things that they would love to do, but very seldom does the reality match up with that dream vision of what working from home is like. A lot of individuals are having to balance their home life with their work life. You, Ryan, you mentioned homeschooling. I think that's been a big factor these last few months here. If you have young children at home trying to get them through their schooling while simultaneously managing the work that you're responsible for and the phone calls that you have to participate in and whatnot, that can be a, a very significant challenge and individuals might have to flip around their, their time management priorities. There's a lot more distractions working from home, at least for some people. I know some individuals have mastered it, but for people that haven't done it before, you know, that pile of laundry you got over in the corner is, uh, man, you'd really like to get that tackled. It'll only take a minute to throw that in the washing machine, right? And before you know it, you've also emptied the dishwasher and vacuumed and folded some additional laundry and an hour has gone by and you haven't even started the work that you plan to start. So individuals have to find a balance between their, their work life and their home life. And in addition to that, they're also trying to balance, you know, less than ideal working environments. In the office, you might have your, your workstation configured in a way that lets you be very productive. But at home, you might be dealing with less than reliable internet connections or perhaps, you know, outdated hardware. And those are lots of issues that can come up that can hinder the person's ability to work from home. So the key here, like it is any time you're dealing with your employees, is empathy. You have to be able to understand and relate to what it is that they're dealing with. And obviously, productivity is important, right? You want to make sure that you're getting the most from your team. 
But that might not look the same as it did when they were coming into the office at a fixed schedule of nine to five or whatever the working arrangement might have been. You might have to be comfortable allowing changing working hours and schedules or working around some of the things that they're dealing with at home. It all really comes back to empathy and just making sure that you're having open, honest communication with your employees, making sure that you're trying to accommodate them as best you can while still ensuring the demands of, of work are met and supporting them the best you can as a manager or a leader. I think that's true. I, you know, we, we've been talking a lot and just in marketing about having empathy, but it's not just being empathy in your marketing messaging, which we've talked about in the past. It's it's really with your your, your coworkers and understanding what's happening. It, you know, funny story that happened in our house. My wife had a uh, a meeting in our in our dining room with executives of her company. She works for a very large company, and my son interrupted the uh, the meeting asking my wife for some help my six-year-old and she's like I'm, I'm sorry son you know go ask your dad and, and with all the executives my son blurts out I tried but he's in the bathroom and he can't so it was just a moment and, and everybody laughed on the phone it was just one of those kind of moments I think they were all understood that you know life is turned upside down right now and you know and, and I think her boss said well he's human so it was just one of those lighter moments that I think you know having some empathy, understanding we're all going through this and you're going to have some some funny moments. And I think you can Google and see videos of, of people interrupting live videos and not knowing things are happening and interrupting meetings. And, and some there's some funny moments through all this. And I, I think having empathy, but also having the ability to, to stop and laugh where maybe these distractions weren't happening when you're in an office. So I think that adjustments, and as you said, empathy is key. Because at the end of the day, we are all human. And everybody's dealing with different circumstances. And, you know, it's okay to let a little of that bleed into work. The productivity is important, as I said, but there's always a way to get there. It's it's just a matter of, again, that, that honest communication, being empathetic to the situation, and trying to find a, a balance between all of it. In addition to people, one of the other challenges of digital transformations is tools and technology. For a lot of us that work in the tech space, we've adapted to a lot of cloud-based solutions and we're very mobile, right? But a lot of businesses might still have, you know, they might be remoting in to their computers at the office or maybe they're dealing with technology that they physically have to be at the office or at a plant or a certain location to be able to use. So how do you make, how do you have the digital transformation if that's the case? Well, not always possible, obviously, if you're, you're dealing with big manufacturing equipment, somebody has to has to be there to use it. But for a lot of offices and other other working environments, there are plenty of tools to help support the digital transformation. First and foremost that comes to mind is video conferencing, right? You've seen this in the news plenty, I'm sure, between Zoom and Microsoft Teams and Google Meet and, of course, uh, old reliables like Skype. The video conferencing and teleconferencing is critical now because this is where all the meetings are taking place. So ensuring that you've got the right tools, and I say right tools because um, there's been a lot in the news about Zoom bombing or Zoom meetings that have been interrupted with disturbing messages, maybe even pornographic images, and that's naturally very concerning. And, and maybe it's easy if it's just a personal chat that you're having. But if you're trying to conduct business and you're interrupted with that, that's that's a significant problem. So, you know, ensuring that you're choosing the right tools that facilitate meetings the way that you need. Project management software is key. Asana, Jira, Rike, Basecamp, you know, pick your poison. Uh, ensuring that you're managing 
the work on a day-to-day basis and that there's a central tool, a central project management information system that your staff can log into to ensure that you're completing the work as appropriate. There's numerous cloud-based solutions. If you're using marketing automation software, you know, one that we talk about consistently on the podcast is HubSpot. One of the beauties of HubSpot is you can access it anywhere there's an internet connection. So transitioning to tools that are based in the cloud instead of the old-fashioned have to install it on your local computer. And portability is a big key. You know, I'm fortunate because I transitioned most of my staff over to laptops over the past two to three years, so that's been very, very successful. If you're still working off of a desktop or some other heavier-based equipment, that can be a little bit more challenging. So making the transition so that they are portable, so that they can work from home or any location is going to be key during this process. So Chris, we've talked about people. We've talked about at a high level, the, the, the tools and the technologies. Can you elaborate more on the third point of the digital transformation in regarding processes? Yeah. So if you're able to successfully get your people on board with the digital transformation and you're able to adopt tools and technology that help support your digital transformation, the next step is reviewing your business processes. Uh, It's sort of interesting, but a lot of organizations I've been hearing about during this time didn't even have policies that allowed individuals to work from home. Or if it did allow them to work from home, it didn't have anything that addressed their needs when they were working from home. So that's going to be step one, right? Review your policies and procedures. Are you addressing all of the issues and concerns that can come up with having your staff work remotely? Once you get past reviewing all of your policies, mostly your HR policies, the next thing you're going to have to look at is your business processes. People are not sitting together, working in the office the same way they always have. So it is very likely that your business processes are going to need to change to help accommodate the change in the way individuals are working. So the first step, obviously, is looking at your current business processes and the steps that individuals have to take in order to get the work product complete, but also potentially adopting new ones. Do you have structure around how your meetings work? Do you have structure around how work is getting done and how you're facilitating communication during this, right? Because when you're in the office, it's very easy to walk into somebody's office or up to their cube or to send them a message on Slack or Teams or, you know, whatever communication software you're using and just say, you know, hey, FYI, here's what you need to know, right? But when you're not seeing each other on a regular basis, it's very easy to forget that. And you lose that sort of interpersonal communication. So making sure that you've, your processes are updated to reflect that and maybe try to compensate for that in some ways by adding some additional steps. Or if you've got a checklist, for example, maybe adding some things to that that will help individuals remember some of the key components they'll need to, to take to ensure the work is completed successfully. Not only, Chris, we talked about how digital transformation has affected from the business environment. What's interesting, too, I think on the personal side of things, we have seen digital transformation in the sense of video conferencing. We talked about it from businesses, but just from a personal standpoint, uh, eMarketer actually came out and, and talked about the increase in certain apps of video conferencing just to reach out to friends and to family uh, through this. Uh, FaceTime went up 47% during this pandemic. Facebook Messenger was number two at 44%. You know, we've talked a lot about Zoom and Zoom for businesses, whether it's, you know, using your team, reaching out to clients, or, you know, having schools, you know, teach their classes uh, through it. I think the other thing is 
Zoom, you know, for a lot of people came out of nowhere in 2020, although it has been around. It's actually publicly traded. Not a lot of people outside of maybe the entrepreneur world or, you know, just some of the, the small to medium sized business, businesses were really aware of Zoom. Now, everybody, churches are now, you know, understand what Zoom is. And Zoom jumped up 31% in its usage for families and friends, not counting businesses. So people while they're at home are using this technology, not even, you know, putting the label of a digital transformation on it, but it's interesting just to see the impact that it's had from a, uh, from not only business, but personal use as well. And then of course you have Skype and WhatsApp and, and, you know, WhatsApp is enormous outside of the United States. It's, it's somewhat big in the United States, but most of the people in the U.S. that use it, they use it from an international purpose. So you still see WhatsApp. And if you don't know about WhatsApp, Facebook owns WhatsApp and Facebook pretty much owns a lot of the major digital, you know, video apps right now. So that is, I think, this transition that I don't know if that's going to be one of those things that really changes, you know, when family and friends can get together that will obviously, you know, person to person, then we're going to see, you know, they won't use the videos as much, but I don't see those going away uh, at all from a personal standpoint. So again, this digital transformation, I think we're just in this environment of both your business and personal that is something that is going to be new and it's not going to change. And let's just face it. I mean, you know, there's, there's some estimates that say you're going to have some sort of, you know, coronavirus around you know, possibly through 2021. Now it'll come in different types of waves. It could be lighter. It could be, you know, peak right back up again. Time will tell. So these, this digital transformation that we're seeing now, I don't think it's going to be completely limited. I think there is a new standard of doing business and, and that's what's being paved the way uh, right now. And so it'll be interesting to see how much of it sticks, but for the most part, I hate to use the cliche, the new normal, but I, I think how we're doing business now, that's what it's going to be. And, and the companies that have adapted with their people, acquired the right tools and implemented these processes are the ones who are going to succeed through this turbulent time. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think as humans, we have a way of always transitioning back to the mean, right? So whatever the normal was before all of this, we will try to shift back towards that as things start to slow down. But inevitably, there will be some things that have to change, that that sort of become the new normal, which, you know, again, there's that cliche. But I think one of the things to remember throughout this whole thing is change can be scary, but embrace it. Embrace it as best you possibly can. And what I mean by that is obviously, you know, you're transitioning your people throughout this process. You're transitioning your technology. You're transitioning your processes. Know that whatever you transition it to may have to continually evolve and change as the situation does or as people start to work a certain way and you see flaws in the process or flaws in the technology and maybe you need to switch to a different technology. That's okay. Embrace that. Take the steps you need to empower your people to ensure that their successful adoption of the tools that they're using, of the new processes that you define, will help them be successful and in turn, help your business be successful. 
you know, in the talk of digital transformation, uh, there's another big thing that came out. If we look back to the Great Recession of 08 and 09, it was a lot of businesses evolved from that. And they're still sticking around 10 years later, which is one of the big, you know, what is it? 90% don't make it 10 years, something. I'm sure there's someone will know what the, the, the correct stat is on that. The businesses that came out of the Great Recession are still being used and part of the digital transformation. So something that kind of parallels this, but goes along with it, just think about this. What came out of that Groupon came out, believe it or not, Venmo came out of this in 09. Uh, we talked about WhatsApp. That came out in 2009. Facebook later acquired it. Instagram came out in 2010. Facebook later uh, acquired that. So when we're looking around at what came through this, you can see Uber 2010, Pinterest in, in, in 2010. So even through this, Slack came out in 2009. When you look through this, these are things that we're now using through the next sort of recession um, in pandemic. So not only are we transforming how we're using these different tools, there could be opportunity to develop and create new products that will last through the next 10 years. So there's a lot that is happening here, obviously, but also there's a lot of good things that we don't know yet that will come, come out of this. And uh, again, these are tools like Slack, for example, that is a big part of companies, you know, working from home in that transformation. Very good points. If you're paying attention to what's going on, there's always new opportunities that are out there. And, you know, we talk about the digital transformation, but as you're undergoing that transformation, uh, if you lift your head up, there there might be some things that you can provide, some solutions that, you know, you are uniquely positioned to develop that could change everything. You know, and during the last podcast, we mentioned the pizza place in Chicago that's making face shields. You know, who knows what they'll decide to do when this is all done, whether they go back to making pizzas or potentially have two businesses as a result of it. But I think there's a lot of opportunity and it's naturally very scary throughout all of this. That's okay. But just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And we're curious to see what, what happens with your business. And with that, we'll wrap things up with our Keep It Light segment. Ryan, what are you binge-watching or reading these days? What really has captured my attention is uh, ESPN's The Last Dance, which is all about the 90s Chicago Bulls, which had two different three-peats, so six championships in the 90s, obviously centered around Michael Jordan. Uh, the series, you know, it started off talking about it's The Last Dance, right? After the 97-98 season, the Bulls are going to be broken up. When you start watching it, sometimes it can be a little confusing. They jump all over periods of time from, you know, Michael Jordan in college to back up to like 1997. Then they'll go back to 1993. So that part of it, it's a little choppy, but I kind of appreciate it at the same time. So it's not just Michael Jordan. It's not just the 97-98 team. It really is the entire Bulls um, through that. What's interesting about it, and it is really addicting. And, and at that time, I really loved the NBA as you know, sports guy. Now, I'm not a big fan of it at all. But it was great to kind of relive those moments of the Bulls, who I think is one of the greatest, Michael Jordan, the greatest athlete of all time. And, and the Bulls, definitely one of the greatest teams of all sports of all times. So it was great watching that. What's interesting, even from a business standpoint, is the breakdown and the drive that somebody like Michael Jordan had and, and how he was with his teammates and sort of what he motivated him to get success is not what motivated the rest of his team. And some of sort of the tactics he used to get his teammates on the same level that he was. What's interesting, and he was harsh. 
he was a jerk, but at the end of the day, he brought the best out of all of his teammates. And just the whole documentary, I, I thought was great. And it's it, it's just been a great 10 episodes. So The Last Dance, it, even if you're not a basketball fan, I think you can get something out of it. But really interesting to uh, to watch and to uh, to see. So that is what I have uh, been binging. Chris, what are you into today? You're just asking me that because you want to see what dark criminal documentary I'm watching these days, aren't you? <laughs> yes, that's exactly. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, actually, uh, I I am listening to uh, more audiobooks now than ever, and I had one that was an Audible original in my library for a long time that just sort of called to me, and I thought it was fitting to mention on this podcast. It's called The Burnout Generation by Anne Helen Peterson, and it's, as I mentioned, it's an Audible original. It's interview style, and basically she talks to different millennials that experienced burnout and left their careers for something entirely different. And it discusses the blurred boundaries between our professional and personal lives, which I think has been relevant for a long time, but particularly now with everything we're working through in this digital transformation throughout this pandemic, it's it's very fitting. It's very it's interesting to see the traits that lead to burnout and how individuals are handling it. It's very, very common uh, with working professionals. Very fascinating audiobook. I would highly recommend it. So that'll wrap things for episode number five. Hopefully you got something out of it today. We'd love it if you leave us a review in iTunes, preferably a positive one. Uh, If you got some value out of this or a slight laugh, share it with your colleagues and friends. This is our mom's favorite podcast, and we'd love it if you help us spread the word about the Digital Marketing Happy Hour. We would love to hear from you. Again, if you heard something you loved, better yet, even if something you hated, we want to hear from you. Send us an email to podcast at araxam.com. That's podcast at a-R-A-X-A-M.com. Also, find us on social media. For me, at Ryan Smith FLA. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram with those handles. And of course, on LinkedIn, go to just search Ryan Smith Marketing. I'll come up there as well. And I'm on Twitter at Real Chris Casale. That's R-E-A-L-C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-A-L-E. Subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play so you don't miss any of these podcasts as they're published. Hopefully it'll enlighten your day. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk at you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Digital Marketing Happy Hour. This week's episode is brought to you by Araxum.com, your digital resource for marketing and technology. Visit Araxam at A-R-A-X-A-M dot com. The music intro you heard is called Pure Adrenaline by Eddie off the album Too Damn Loud. You can learn more at CactusSlimRecords.com. The music used for closing credits is a song called In My Pocket by Jazzer. You can find it on their album Message. Learn more at BetterWithMusic.com. Thank you for listening.